Okay, you guys, big news. This April 18th, I am hosting my first ever live recorded episode of Big Mood that you are invited to. This is going to be so awesome. I'm hosting it on April 18th at 7 p.m. in the BHS Auditorium here in Batesville. This night is going to feature a conversation between myself and BCSD Superintendent Paul Ketchum, as well as two BHS students who are super awesome. Our conversation is really going to focus on how we can make schools better places for all learners and really just focus on what school culture is and what it currently needs. Now, as with all my episodes, you don't have to be involved with schools at all in order to learn and to appreciate what's going on. So I'm inviting all of you to come out to this free event. Yes, it's free and tickets are available on my website, paulsatchwill.com. You can also RSVP and share the event on Facebook from the Batesville Area Arts Council Indiana page. I am so excited about this and I just wanted to tell you about it. So now to the episode. Hey, I am so excited for this episode. I'm joined by my friend, coworker, colleague, fellow teacher, mentor, inspiration. I love this person. I'm joined by Rose Lacey, who is such an awesome person, and I'm so excited for you to meet her and to hear what she has to say. So let's get started. Hi, Rose. Thanks for coming on the show. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here tonight. Yeah, I'm excited, and I'm super excited for this episode because we have two Batesville teachers sitting here, and that's going to be a lot of fun, I think, for our students and hopefully for our parents to experience. Absolutely. So, as always, people who have listened to any other episode know what I'm about to ask because this is something that I think everyone has a different perspective on. My question for you is, what, from your eyes, what are schools like these days? So, I've actually been teaching for... 20 years. Sometimes it's hard to say that number, but it has been 20 years. This is year 20. And so over the years, I've seen many things that have stayed the same Mm -hmm. and many things that have changed. So ultimately, my job and my objective and goal is to prepare students to lead fulfilling lives Mm -hmm. where they have that foundation to do whatever they want to. So oftentimes they think that I'm only teaching them to read and write, but I want to teach them so much more. Mm -hmm. I want to teach them to go into the world with open eyes and to embrace it and to learn about it. And so through literature, that is my ultimate goal. But as we look at how it's changed, we have so much more going on today than we used to. Mm -hmm. So it's different things in our society, in technology that we have to also make sure that we're teaching our students and making sure that they're prepared for in the future. So I think that we have more to talk about and to discuss and learn how to uncover those different areas that we didn't before. Mm -hmm. Do you think that so thinking back to your first year or first few years, (laughs) which are dark times that none of us want to think of. I was trying to survive. Yeah. Do you think that if someone had told you, just buckle up because there's going mm-hmm. to be more, what do you think like that reaction would have been? 
I don't think I would have believed them. And I mm -hmm. joke about this with my students. When I first started, I was so naive. I thought that it would be a perfect world. Mm -hmm. We'd sit and we'd read a book and everybody would love it and we'd sit in a circle and talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. Right. <laughs> that's not the case at all. So I, I think that I have grown and that because of that, I am a better teacher. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to take all of my experiences as a student, as an individual, as a mom, and as a teacher, and hopefully guide mm -hmm. others through this crazy thing of life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's, those are, that answer is, is really the reason why I wanted to, to have a conversation with you today, because I do, you know, when I walk past your classroom, or even today when I was observing your classroom, I do see students who are engaged and who are excited about what they're doing. Even though you're right, there's so much out there that is, is vying for their attention and, and kind of distracting them. And so even though, you know, you're saying that it is a challenge, I see you as someone who is, is not only overcoming those, challenge, those challenges, but also engaging and motivating your students to do that with you. So one thing I'm curious about and have thought of for, for a while is how do you work to empower your students to be their best selves? Right. So one thing that I'm upfront and honest about is that not everybody loves English. Not everybody mm -hmm. loves school. And that's fine. That's fine. It's absolutely fine. Because one of the things that I really try to show them is that you can do those hard things mm -hmm. that you don't like to do. And sometimes when you do that, you uncover things about yourself or about life that are just as important as learning how to analyze a novel mm -hmm. or learning how to write a, a strong thesis statement. So it's uncovering those things that you have to push through. There's like this barrier mm -hmm. that you have to push through even when it gets hard and even when you don't want to do it. And so that's one thing I try to really show them that they can do that. The other thing that my other goal, I would say, is to teach them to be responsible for their own learning, mm -hmm. but also for others. Mm -hmm. And so as we're working together in class, I often make them experts. Mm -hmm. And they're in charge of becoming an expert on a topic and really knowing it well enough mm -hmm. that they can then teach others. Yeah. And by doing that, they have to be able to think through the process so they can explain it to someone else mm -hmm. who doesn't understand it. And that way, that supplements their own learning, and then it just you know helps the class mm -hmm. overall. Yeah. Now, here's my question with that, right. and, and kind of something funny. I think it was my second year of teaching. Mm -hmm. I did something, and, and I love that practice. And I was doing something similar, and I had a student um, who I'm not going to name, <laughs> who kind of came back at me after I introduced that and said, "So basically, we're doing your job." Right. And it was year two, so I was bold enough to say something, but still, like, Im not immature, but mm -hmm. still kind of young enough in the game to, to be like, oh my God, am I doing the wrong thing? So what do you say to, to maybe students who hold that belief of like, well, isn't this your job to be the expert and to teach us? Right. So my philosophy is that this is a family and we're there mm -hmm. to help each other. Yeah. So I'm there to guide them and to teach them the techniques and skills mm -hmm. that they need but I can't teach them everything. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have to be able to learn it on their own and be able to share that with others. And so I'm there to guide them. I'm there to ask those probing questions, those hard questions to help them figure it out if mm -hmm. they do struggle with it. 
but they have to learn how to think. Mm -hmm. They have to learn how to analyze because that's life. That's everything you do. It's not just English. It's not just math. Our lives are about analyzing every single second and making those choices, and they have to be able to do that on their own. Otherwise, I'm not doing my job. And so, right. yes, it's my job to teach you, but I'm teaching you the skills and the techniques mm -hmm. that you can take and then use it in your own lives. Yeah, that's a fantastic answer. That's what I'm coming back with. I'm gonna play this clip <laughs> the next time someone says right. that to me. I'm gonna say, Rose Lacey has the answer. Um, I'm curious, where does this attitude of empowerment and courage come from? Because 20 years in the teaching profession is, is a, a sizable, you know, that's, that's mm -hmm. a, a considerable time. So how does that, I guess, so the question I had was, was where does this attitude come from? But now I'm curious, how does this, how have you maintained this attitude? I would say I've never, I haven't always been this way. So mm -hmm. I would describe, describe myself as an extrovert, extroverted introvert. Mm -hmm. So I tend to be quiet and shy at the beginning, but once I get to know people, or if it's my role, if my mm -hmm. role is to be the teacher, then that's what I am. But generally, I'm with my friends, I'm with mm -hmm. my family, I'm kind of the quiet one who sits off to the side and listens mm -hmm. until it's my turn to talk or until it's my turn to, to discuss. And so, I think that over the years, I've become more confident in myself. So, you know, everybody has those things that they've gone through. And so I've had to struggle to be where, I've at, mm -hmm. where I'm at. I had to work my way through college. Things weren't given to me. I've had different situations in my mm -hmm. life that I've really had to overcome. And so through those different situations, as difficult as they were, I have learned that it's better to be positive mm -hmm. and to push those to the side because all they're going to do is add that negative negativity to your life and who wants to be miserable all the time yeah. like one thing that I say on the first day of school three things be a good person have a positive attitude and do your work right mm -hmm. those are the three things that'll get you through your life it's like be a good person and have a good attitude because otherwise what's here that's really mm -hmm. worth living if you are not going to enjoy it and not going to you know live each moment to the best that you possibly can mm-hmm yeah and I think that's so important for us as teachers to keep saying because mm -hmm. our students I think I don't know if culture has changed I mean right. you know you look at old pictures I have an old picture somewhere <laughs> in my classroom from like the 50s and yeah. the students are staring straight ahead and, and it looks like that like oh they're so quiet but I'm sure that culture was a lot different right. then um, but I mean we do have students who who are, are don't want to be here and like you said it's fine if it's not your thing but you are here you and, are and, and make the most of yeah, it yeah yeah right why not smile and why not laugh every mm -hmm. single day and do what you can while you're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's there's no student who can come into this classroom and be be anonymous or be you know unnoted. Like mm -hmm. you can tell who's in the room based on you know the attitude that they're Absolutely. contributing. Yeah. When they walk through that door, you can feel the energy of each student. So, you know, every day is not going to be the best day. Every day is not, you know, a wonderful day for me. I don't always have a smile on my face, mm -hmm. but I try to. Right. You know, why not greet someone with a smile, ask them, you know, how their day is going or 
tell them to have a good day mm -hmm. because that will change that one person who then will pass it to the next person. Yeah, and I mean, there's research out there that even addressing people by their by their name mm -hmm. when you look them in the eyes is so important to building those relationships. Absolutely. And sometimes in a classroom of 30 people, that's all you can do on certain days, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Is just say that, that one word, their name. But I think little things like that are so important to creating that culture that you see in your classroom. So these are things that you lay out and expect for students in the classroom, but you have the unique position of working a lot with seniors who are about to enter into that next stage of life, which Absolutely. you mentioned earlier, and, and you want them to live that to their, the best of their mm -hmm. ability. So what advice do you want them to hear before they enter into that? My advice, let's see, a couple things. I would say do the hard things, which I've mentioned, mm -hmm. and go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Leave Batesville for at least a certain amount of time. Yeah. Like go see what's out there mm -hmm. and try something new. So it is fine if you come back to a small town. I'm from a small town, smaller than Batesville. I left. Mm -hmm. I moved. I put whatever would fit into my car. I moved to Arizona. I taught there for three mm -hmm. years. The first six months, I slept on an air mattress. When I drove down there, I had the job, but I didn't even know where I was going to live. Uh -huh. So I drove down there, and I you know, met somebody who had condos, and I rented a condo. And I just went for it. It's like, mm -hmm. go try something new so that you're outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. It is scary as hell. <laughs> I'll tell you mm -hmm. that. But it is so worth it. It's yeah. so worth it to try something new and something different that get your adrenaline going. Yeah, and I think a lot of people's mindset is, well, I'll, I'll, I'll play it safe and, and save the money until I'm right. ready. But, I mean, you're never ready for risk. <laughs> You'll right? never be ready for it. You'll never be ready for life. So Yeah. Okay, so that's your advice to them. Right. So you followed that, your own advice. What Absolutely. did that do for you? What did that teach you, leaving home and going in? And, and you taught not only in Arizona, but also on I did Austria, Vienna. That's where I did my right. student teaching. Yeah. And once again, I just said, let's try it. Mm -hmm. I, I did not speak any German. I can count to 10, mm -hmm. and that's about it. Yeah. But it was the most exciting and wonderful experience. And I love meeting new people. I love experiencing new cultures. And so it's definitely a uh, risk worth taking because mm -hmm. you find out so much about yourself as mm -hmm. well that you can do these things that you never imagined. And even if I did, did decide to come back to a small town and be a teacher, I have tried other things. I've seen what was in the world and I decided that this is what I wanted to do and that this would be the area that I could probably impact mm -hmm. the world the most. Yes, and I think that is so important for mm -hmm. people to hear. And I know for me personally, my experience um, teaching in Hungary with refugees is the reason why I even teach my, my Project Passion unit, which mm -hmm. is my, the unit that I'm probably the, the proudest of at this point in my career. Mm -hmm. So even that decision to practice you know, discomfort and, and going out of my comfort zone has led to, to something in my career that the connection between the two is, is not that it's not that firm, I guess, but but I've made that connection and, and really made something out of it. In talking about your teaching history, um, and especially in going you know abroad across the ocean and coming back and, and really feeling content in a place like like our hometown of Batesville, and you mentioned that you feel like this is a place, this small community, where you can make an impact in the world. What do you mean by that? Well, I think it's probably because I have a similar background. 
I'm from Iowa. I'm from a small, small town, mm-hmm. and you know, similar environments, similar backgrounds with that. And so, as I said, one thing that I want to do is to open people's eyes to the world and to mm-hmm. what is out there. So it's not just sitting here and reading a book. It's not just sitting here and completing your math problem. It is about living life and it's about the relationships that we have with other people. Mm-hmm. Because those two things are truly what are going to make you happy to me, right? Mm-hmm. To me that's what I think will make people happy. So I think that if we can learn how to do those things and do them well, right? Create relationships with other people and to go out and and try things in the world mm-hmm. that that's really going to be the catalyst for so many students to find what they want to do and then they will go and change the world as well. And so even if it's just opening their eyes to a new topic or a new book, in those small ways, maybe it'll spark their interest Mm -hmm. in something else. Or maybe it'll it'll start them to think analytically about how this impacts them or how it impacts society as a, a greater whole or something like that. So I'm very idealistic, as you can tell, and I, mm-hmm. I like to see this, this big picture. I'm very positive and very optimistic. So you know, I hope one small little spark is brought to each student just to get them thinking about living mm-hmm. life and, and just thinking about other things besides themselves. Yeah, yeah. And in a community like ours, I mean, there are so many communities like ours around the country and around the world where people, I mean, it's no lie, people like to be comfortable, Absolutely. they like to stay in their bubble. And and I really think that you, you don't really know how to think outside of that until you've been outside of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yes, there can be big thinkers who are from a place and stay there. But I think you're right, that element of exposure to the unknown is, is, is that catalyst. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that we are I, I, w- I would like to think that we're, we can be those catalysts, but I think that we can, can encourage them to go and to do, and then they can come back and, and impact their communities. Um, back a little bit to talking about your classroom. So you have a reputation. I'm sure you have multiple <laughs> reputations. I'm waiting to see what you say, yes. Well, I, just, I think you have a reputation of holding people to high standards. And I'm curious what results you see when that happens, when you hold these students to these these high standards, high expectations of success and impact and creativity, what are some of the things that you see as a result? Well, first of all, I hear the rumbling and grumblings Mm -hmm. and that this is too hard, but what I see is that they step up. If you have these high expectations for anybody, for my students, for my own children, they will meet that bar and usually exceed it. Mm -hmm. Because I have something in my class that the students hate, it's called a wow factor. So here are my expectations, you know, here's your rubric, here's your breakdown, what I want from you, Mm -hmm. do something more. Yeah. And what that is, I always tell them what that is, I don't know, but you know. Mm -hmm. You know what it is to go above and beyond. And so I've had so many amazing projects I had a student this year who built a life-size wall in my own classroom for part of his music analysis. I've had students who have gone up there and wrote their own rap song, Mm -hmm. and they've rapped for us, and it's the quiet individual in the corner that you would never expect to hear Mm -hmm. that from. Yeah, wow. And so 
you find or you learn about students by having these expectations. You really get to learn about them, mm -hmm. their hobbies, their interests, and it's just really neat to see them push themselves more than they would expect. And that's what they'll say. They might not like this class, or not. they may not like English, but they like this class, right? right. They like being in here in this community because I'll push them mm -hmm. to do a little bit more than is expected. Yeah, and human nature, you know, is to to pigeonhole people right away. But seeing that that quiet, whether it's a student or a coworker, rise to a challenge and saying, "Oh wow, they can do that," or they they do have a voice. Right. Sometimes you're surprised. Is really is really big in in creating that community, you know. And the more you see people step up around you, the more That's pressure. That's exactly what it's right? say. Yeah. Because once somebody does this fantastic project, they look at each other and they go, wow, mm -hmm. what can I do? What can I do? Yeah. How can I make mine better? And so we have this natural, this natural part of ourselves to compete against each other, which to me can be a definite, you know, definite positive because mm -hmm. we push each other. It's not, sometimes it is out of jealousy, but it's more because you want to see what you can do. If mm -hmm. they can do that, what can you do? And yeah. so you naturally push yourself because you see somebody else working hard or harder than yeah. you. And so then, then it follows, it's this domino effect. Do you see that that impacts how you work as well as their teacher? Absolutely. I think it's, it's um, what do I want to say? You know, it's for everybody. It, it ripples through the classroom mm -hmm. and you see this excitement. When somebody's excited, it's contagious and mm -hmm. you just can't help but smile or, you know, feel that energy. And so when I feel that because of a student's project, then the whole class feels it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Goes back to, you know, every, every seat that is filled has the potential to influence mm -hmm. that classroom one way or another. And they may not always appreciate it in the moment, but usually, you know, down the line, they'll come back and, mm -hmm. and realize how important it was. And it's, you know, I love hearing from past students who mm -hmm. come back to tell me that, yes, what you're teaching us is something that I needed yeah. for whatever reason. In the real world, I needed this for an interview that I just finished and I got the job. Or when I went to college, mm -hmm. I aced you know, English 101, whatever it was, so. Yeah, yeah, those are those unknown impacts, Absolutely. right? <laughs> I'd like to shift gears a little bit to talk about the generation more broadly, kind of as a whole, if we could put them all uh, in one basket as Generation Z. And I'm curious, you know, as a classroom teacher, what do you see from them that's maybe unique um, as, as a generation, maybe their generational tendencies, if you will? What are some of the things that you see from them in your classroom? I would say that the generation that I see right now in this, this age, they have the ability and they have the ambition to make some change. And they want to. They have this drive to make changes in our community and in our world to positively impact each other. And I, it's, it's very refreshing that they have this open-mindedness that maybe we haven't seen as much over the past years. Mm -hmm. And I was curious about that, you know, having, having a few years of teaching under your belt, do you think that, do you think that this generation is actually more, more positive or do you think that that's kind of a teenage tendency in and of itself? Mm -hmm. 
I'm not sure if if I would say it's generational or if it's because they're teenagers, but I think because of probably right now the different issues that have been brought to light, mm -hmm. that they see how important it is to be open-minded and to and to stand up. So mm -hmm. I, I have more students now who, if something is said in class, they will voice their opinion. Mm -hmm. If they agree or disagree, they will say something. You know, that wasn't right. I didn't appreciate it. You know, why do you think that? And in a respectful way, but they're curious and they'll yeah. ask questions. Where in the past, if somebody said something maybe disrespectful or rude or whatever it might have been, it probably just would have been ignored. Mm -hmm. But now they stand up for what they believe, but they also stand up for others who are in yeah. the classroom as well. And I see much more of that. They, they have that, the tenacity, I guess, just to do it, mm -hmm. right? To be outspoken and not necessarily think of how that might, I don't know, hurt the other person's feeling, I guess. But it's more because that's the right thing to do. Right. It's the right thing to stand mm -hmm. up and say something when it's not right. Yeah, and that is so bold, it is. especially for their age group. I mean, putting myself back into their shoes, that probably would not, I probably would not have had that, that same approach at all. Um, and I think that, I mean, you know, when I was in high school a few years ago, I think the tendency was, like you said, to kind of ignore it, but then to let it kind of fester and, and become gossip in your friend Absolutely. group. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that could still be happening, but I think the fact that they're confronting, not necessarily injustice, but, but challenging other people in the classroom could kind of help change that um, and, and maybe not, not cause as many issues outside of that. And in many of the classes that I teach, we discuss controversial issues mm -hmm. or difficult, challenging issues to talk about, and they're able to voice their opinion. They're able to question each other. We have to do a Q&A after mm -hmm. one of our speeches, and they ask hard-hitting questions that you really have to know your information and you have to be confident in your mm -hmm. answer because they want to know, why do you feel that way? What support mm -hmm. do you have to back up your side of the argument? So I really enjoy that project, but they definitely will question each other and make sure that they're asking what's what the right question is. Right, which is so, again, unique because I feel like and t what you assume with school is, you know, people get up, present, people clap, and then sit mm -hmm. down. Right. And it seems to be that that is changing because people are more genuinely curious or even, even you know, confrontational, which is not necessarily a positive thing yeah. all the time, but at least they are, are voicing their concerns. And what better place to, to say something, even if it's out of line, than in a classroom mm -hmm. because it's moderated. Right. 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 And so these are these are all positive things. I'm curious if if you can think of, of kind of negative stereotypes or assumptions that are made about teenagers or about this generation that you see that you can kind of debunk or that you think are are true and things that, that this generation needs to work on. And I would say that leads right back to that example. Because they are so bold, that can definitely be seen as rude and disrespectful. Mm -hmm. But that's what I like. Yeah. I, I, as long as it's done, you know, in a respectful way, I don't mind if they challenge what is being talked about in class mm -hmm. and they ask these questions and they dig deep. And so what I always say is if you have a question, find support. 
Find support mm -hmm. to ask your question. If you think this is the answer, why? Not mm -hmm. just because you think it is. Go find support, and then we can discuss yeah. it. And so I don't mind if they have those if they have the, the drive and that fire to find the answer because that's what, you know, th those critical analytical ideas that I've been trying to instill in them are coming yeah. out in those, those questions or in those discussions. Mm -hmm. And so just make sure that you're able to support your side. Yeah, and I think that that is such an important skill these days, especially with the whole social media echo chamber, right? Mm -hmm. You can say what you want and you're probably surrounded by people who will agree whether it's based in fact or not. And so challenging them, find the facts and find out if this is true or not. I think that is so important for every teacher, no matter what, what you're teaching. Are there any, any issues that you see facing Generation Z that you either think are just kind of things that, that are, are kind of standing in their way or things that maybe could even hinder them as this fiery driven generation if, if not addressed? So maybe one of the issues is that with their age, that we've, we've already stereotyped them. We've already told them who they're supposed to be mm -hmm. and how they're acting and how they, they don't listen, right? You know, now we're the old, well, not you, but now mm -hmm. I'm one of the old yeah. people and I'm telling them not to do this or act a certain way. And that's when they act out. That's when they rebel. And that's when they want to show who they are. And so I think it's really important that we ha let them have their own voice, but they also need to make sure that when they have their own voice and when they are being bold and when they're mm -hmm. doing the right thing, that they're doing it in a way that is respectful, that they're doing it in a way that is not hurting others, and that there's a fine line between that, and I think that's for all of us, right? Not just for this generation, is mm -hmm. how do we voice our opinion and how do we do the right thing by not stepping on other people? Yeah. And so I think that's just something for everybody, not just this generation, but that's something that is such a fine line that it's hard to figure out. It's so muddled, it's hard to figure out how to do that correctly. Yeah, and I think that that's one of those things that would be great to provide an answer, but I think it's just a trial and error <laughs> and having to ask for forgiveness when it when done, you know, incorrectly. And I, I think that to kind of summarize your point, what I'm what I'm gathering is that they have these bold tendencies to act out, but we need to make sure that their actions are voluntary and not reaction. Right. Right, not in reaction to, you know, being poked or prodded by words that people are, are saying about them. And I think definitely I, I see that a lot. What they see as being the right thing to do, they might be doing it with, with the wrong intentions. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that's all of us. Right. I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on how generations previous to Generation Z can show up for the youth, the, this Generation Z, support them and help them be successful. Uh, and especially I'm curious lately about how can people who aren't with, with Generation Z from eight to three, you know, right. five days a week, how can, how can we all show up for them and guide them into that success that you've talked about and, and guiding them in how to react and act in certain ways, you know, how do we do that? 
I think one thing that we need to remember is that we all go through different seasons in our life. Hmm. And uh, we have to remember that we were there once. Mm -hmm. Right? We were just like them. We were bold. We were ambitious. We had the drive. We wanted to change the world. And so we need to make sure that we take a step, that we don't diminish their dreams. Right? Mm -hmm. We don't diminish their dreams, but we, we empower them by telling them that why not? Why right. not go and try something new? Why not go do these things? So as a parent, as a friend, as a coach, challenge them. Challenge them to go do new things, do that hard thing, and live their life. Right? Mm -hmm. Don't tell them they can't do it, but tell them how. Ask them how mm -hmm. they're going to do it and make them create a plan this plan of action that they're going to follow to tackle their dreams. Hmm. That's so good. Everything you just said made me think of this quote um, that is, I'm sure, all over the place, but it's kind of the idea that, you know, we have all been in their shoes at some point, but none of them have ever been in the shoes of anyone older than them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we have the ability to look at them and, and you know, we, we choose our words. We can say, you're being so stupid or you're being irrational or you're making these mistakes, but they don't always have the, the hindsight or the insight to, to see that, you know? <laughs> I've been in your shoes and I've made the same stupid mistake. You don't want to do that. But they have to learn that lesson mm -hmm. themselves. Right. The hard way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the last thing that any teenager, regardless of generation, <laughs> wants to do is say, that's good advice, I'm going to accept that, right? <laughs> right? right. And not do this thing that I really want to do. Okay, Rose, that's all the time we have together today. Luckily for me, this learning does not stop because I teach across the hall from you. So I'm excited to keep this conversation going and moving. And thank you so much for your time during this busy season. I had a great time. I appreciate you inviting me to the big mood and answering these questions. I had a lot of fun. So the real question today is, uh -oh. will your students get extra credit for listening? They have to pull out a quote and send it to me on Canvas and then maybe... Ooh. Then we can open a discussion. Then we can open the discussion. You have to have textual support though, right? Right. Support your <laughs> answers, guys. All right. Well, that's all for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, this has been a big mood.